Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Backpacking Blisters Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. With me today is famous YouTuber and expensive bag lover, Rob Pelton. How's it going today, my friend? Well, being someone as famous as I am, I'm doing pretty well. It's hard to walk around <laughs> and not get recognized, but yeah. doing well, working way too much, but such is life. And thanks for right. having me on. Yeah. A lot of hoodies, I, I imagine, walking around in hoodies and yeah. you know, sunglasses I, ju- I just visited Melanzana in Leadville. I felt fortunate enough to, fortunate enough to grab a hoodie while I was there. Did you? So, okay. That's yeah. the, isn't that, that's the story you gotta like make an appointment months in advance to shop there, right? They're out to February right now, but they had an overstock section okay. with like three things on it. And one of them was my size. So I bought it and I took a picture of course. They sell jackets and hoodies and you're, it's like illegal to list them on eBay. Is that correct? Uh, if you do, you have to list it for at least three times more than the actual original manufacturer suggested price. That's right. All right, I should go up there. I should do that. All right. Um, I know that's like, yeah, kind of culturally inappropriate for the people that love that stuff. So I'm not going to not gonna go down that road. All right. So you were on our show, I want to say like four or five months ago. And yeah, you can correct me if I'm wrong with the, correct me if I'm wrong with the stats here. So I think at the time you had around like 100, 150 subscribers. And now you're well over 5,000. Is there a correlation here? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, the, the those numbers might be fudged a little bit, <laughs> but I mean, s- since then, you know, I have been growing steadily. I mean, not by the tens of thousands that I would like, um, but you know, I've been st- grow- steadily growing and, and people are starting to find my content, which is good. And I think it's in small part, you know, by, you know, getting on podcasts like yourself, because, oh, yeah. you know, you seem to be credible and I appreciate that. And mm, because of that is why I'm here. All right. Well, I appreciate that, man. Let's, let's talk about some of your content real quick. I, I saw one recently. I don't know if you put it out recently, but it popped my feed recently. It was a YouTube short, and it was about uh, some trekking pole attachment you had. So yeah. hiking along, and then you're just like flipping the pole back behind you onto your backpack, and then it's somehow like clasping or connecting. What what is going on there? Uh, I saw these gadgets, and I don't remember where, but there was a guy who hiked the AT. His name was Spuds. Okay, uh, that was his trail name, and he had issues of of where to put his poles. He wasn't coordinated oh, yeah. enough to. You know, to put them off the side and, and pee or use maps. So he invented these little things, these little magnets where one end attaches to your pole, the other coordinating magnet attaches to your pack. And you can okay. literally like Deadpool and his swords, just clip them to the back of your right. pack. And they're now your hands free. And okay. then when you want them, you just grab them and, and you're off and running. And I, I use them on one whole trip earlier this year. And they're actually pretty awesome. Takes a little getting used to, but they're awesome. But the magnet is strong enough where... 
if you kind of jolt it around or bump a tree, it's not going to fall off. No, it won't fall off. Now, if you, if okay. you run through a briar patch, you'll probably lose a pole. Then you got to pick it up. But gotcha. they're they're pretty sturdy, and they, and they will pivot, you know, uh, on the magnet. And yeah, they're okay. called stick stashers. Stick so, Spud, if you're okay. watching this, I'm plugging your stick stashers. You're welcome. It's it's a very it's a very cool product. Yeah, that's actually a complaint I had because I've done some stuff, you know, where the, with the running vests and and they have. Um, what do you call them, like quivers where you can kind of stash them a quiver or some of them have these attachments on your shoulder straps where you can just kind of like almost, it's like a zip tie, but it's just, you know, using the, the shot cord kind yeah. of stuff and tie yeah. them off. But it does take, it's not as fast as what you were showing. So I was like, what is that? How can I do that? I will say if you're not patient, you it might drive you crazy because it took me a while to, to find what was where and here. But once I got it, it was like, click, click, Boom. do stuff, grab my poles, click, click, and hold on. This is what they are. They're right here. Okay, in a little box there. All yeah, right. I actually ordered two sets. Stick stashers. And yeah, and, and he, yeah, and he sent to me, and they're awesome. So I'm starting okay. to put them on my bags now, and yeah, I think they're. Sweet. How much do they cost? Out of curiosity, I don't know. Twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Okay. I know when you're rich and famous, like hey, price doesn't. Yeah, really, it doesn't I mean, matter. Yeah, it it doesn't. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. So we did. I had a stretching Yosemite a few weeks ago. There was a 12 mile stretch where I was wanting to use the poles. But the, um, you know, they got so much water in the Sierras that the mosquito infestation was so heavy that mm. I had to keep on swiping myself to keep the, the bugs off. And so I had to put the poles away. And yeah, I could have used something like that for sure. So interesting. Yeah, ch check them out. Ch okay. Tell Spuds Rob Pelton sent you because he has no idea who I am. <laughs> he will. I'll, I'll email him and let him know that you're on the show. So, all right. Sounds um, good. <laughs> kind of funny. All right. So, okay. This episode's about 10 ridiculous things. You, as in our fellow adventurers out there, are still bringing on your trip. So, so we're, we're each tasked with coming up with five apiece. I, I think I got way more than five because I just, I, like, as I go on trips, I'm kind of taking mental notes of things I'm seeing out there. And there's some things that people have been bringing for years that I feel like are surprising, to say the least. So was this an easy list for you to come up with? It was because I still see it today. I have fallen victim to some of these items. And when you look at the items for what they are, it makes sense depending on where you are in your backpacker backpacking timeline, your career, right? In the okay. beginning, these things make sense. As you become seasoned, like our Mr. Carl here, you soon realize that these are ridiculous <laughs> things. Right. Uh, okay. I think I've got some things on here that definitely seasoned backpackers bring. Like some people, I, I don't know. I, I got at least one on here that you have that you definitely bring. I have one on here that I have as well. And I have a, a, okay. I have a bonus <laughs> one in here because we'll, we might overlap. So I, I came prepared. Right. There's some things. Okay. You're, you got me thinking here a little bit. There's some things on my list that for sure I could see somebody like they don't know any better. They're new. They've gone on a few trips and they're kind of still figuring things out. You're right. But there's some things on here that I think... I, yeah, I think that even the veterans are bringing. That's yeah. why the, that, that's hence the title, I guess. But so we're going to find out. Like Justin Outdoors, he might bring one of these things. Um, Let's see. I think he's got at least one on my list. Okay. I think so. All I right. think he's got, yeah, definitely saw some of this stuff. I don't know, man. Like, I just figure my intention with my list is I want to be real. These are things that I don't bring. But I'm also okay to ruffle some feathers and um, <laughs> and point out some things that I think you can do better on. Okay, I have some things too that that, that might cause a little controversy, but I stick I stick okay. by. It. Okay. Okay. So. Well, we'll we'll are yeah. If you if you don't disagree, man. I mean, last time you were on, you were not shy, so I figured I don't mind poking the bear here too. All right. All right. You want to go first? Let me get it first. Um, I can certainly go first, just so All I, right. I just, just in case we're doubled up, I can go ahead and get this one up on you. 
okay? <laughs> I got plenty, so don't worry about the doubles. Okay, all right, I appreciate that. So one thing that that's kind of ridiculous for a seasoned backpacker, especially if you're putting on higher miles and, and you're getting camp and you're cooking and you're going to bed, is it's ridiculous that people are still bringing Crocs. Now, <laughs> I still bring Crocs because okay. I'm not a super high mileage guy. I'm well aware I'm like 12 to 16 miles and I'm good and I'm 100% right. okay carrying these one pound bulky items. Mm-hmm. They really are like clouds on your feet. They're ugly and they're hideous, but man, are they comfortable. Crocs. I see Crocs all the time. I, th- I would say every backpacking trip I see Crocs. Any anytime I'm going someplace where there's other backpackers involved, we're not going super remote. I see Crocs. I th- I, I looked them up. They're 12 to 16 ounces. So you mentioned a pound. So you're right on point with that. And I get they are comfortable. I don't know like walking around uneven ground if I really want to do that as much. But my theory is if you're if you're really backpacking the whole day and you got that heavy pack on, doesn't it feel amazing? to take the pack off. And when you're yes. walking around without the pack on, I don't know, just like with my regular shoes, I feel good. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Then yeah, in and of itself. Yeah. It, it, anything feels better without your pack on. Right. But sometimes right. depending on what kind of environment you're hiking in, maybe your shoes are soaked and you don't want to walk around in camp with, with your wet and damp feet. Right. right, um, right. But it's something about just putting on some nice, smushy, cushy Crocs is pretty nice. But I will say if I'm going to do a high mileage, if I'm going to try to keep up with, Midwest backpacker, you know, he just did a 50 miles in two day thing. Um, right. I probably won't carry camp shoes because I know it's going to be a trail day instead of camp days. So it's, it's, so you're it's, saying bring those as a luxury item only. Yes. Yeah. N- definitely not a necessity. Mileage. Yeah. For, for okay. me, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that you make the case for some of these for sure where you're like, eh, it's lower mileage, not the big of a deal. So I'm just going to kind of throw it in the pack. It depends. Yeah, if, if you're yeah. doing it, yeah, if you're new, if you're doing you know, a heftier trip or you're not sure how you're going to perform, yeah, I would say definitely leave the Crocs home. Actually, Crocs were on my list, um, so that's funny that you had that. So out the gate, man. All right, there you go. And then another thing about Crocs is if you're, if you're wearing shoes or boots that are giving you a blister and having Crocs it, it can help you tremendously at the end of the day because you just got to get your shoes off because they're, they're, they're killing your feet, you can actually hike some in Crocs. Um, I've been in the Himalayas and people are carrying 50 kilos up a mountain with Crocs on seen it 50 kilos is over a hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's good. Yeah, if you have strong enough ankles, maybe I don't know that that's going to be good for your feet long-term just saying I've got, I've had a lot of foot problems. So that, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I have seen back people backpacking your Crocs. I just don't know that I'd recommend that, but uh, okay. My first one is let's see where should i go here i'm gonna go with the um ursac slash bear canister ah okay, okay. all right okay. i agree Keep going. so there's places that obviously require these things and so you're not going to get around them but when there's places that don't require them if you can do your research and find out do you really like really do you need these is the question and so I, I went on multiple trips this year, new areas, wasn't sure. One, one area, I wasn't even sure if they was required or not. It was very unclear. One area, it wasn't required, but the locals suggested that I had to bring one. And I just know if you're specifically trying to keep your food away from the bears, there's some hot spots. There's some areas where you have to have these things, and they're typically required in those areas. Other than that, I think you're safe to store your food in the vestibule without any of those containers and you're going to be just fine. I literally did that for all of my trips this summer and for years past, and I've never had an issue. That's the insurance portion of it, right? You pay your premiums for years and years and years and never need it. But on the one time there is an incident, you're kind of glad you had that, right? Maybe. I would agree with you with the bear canisters. If you're in an area that requires them, I get it. It makes sense to me. Um, But when you're in areas that 
don't require it, those are not convenient. When I was in Colorado, just recently I got back, um, my girlfriend, she carried a bear canister the whole time because she's, you know, hyper vigilant about that. And as long as she's carrying it, completely fine with me. I carried an Ursac again because she requested it. So, hey, Janelle, if you're watching, this is because of you. <laughs> uh, so I carried an Ursac okay. and, and it worked fine. Didn't have any issues. Didn't even see a bear. Right. Didn't even smell a bear. I didn't even see scat. I saw, we saw no signs right. of bears. Correct. So, okay. So to that point, had you not brought those things that weren't required in the areas you went, it would have been fine, correct? Uh, I would say highly probable, yes. Yeah. So this is another example of just packing your fears because people don't want to deal with that stuff. One asterisk I have for this is if you are going to an area that has a lot of critters that are going to get into your stuff and you're, you're keeping the critters out, I think the Ursac is fine for that. And again, that goes to back to kind of doing your research for that. But I am not... Yeah, if, if there's a way for me to avoid bringing these things, especially if I'm in a large group, which I typically am, then I want to leave it at home. I hate those things. Hate them. I don't blame them. They're, they're bulky. They're heavy. And for most places and most trips, they are unnecessary. And right. it's funny that you mentioned critters because we did have a critter problem getting into our food. Oh, okay. While it was in the car at the trailhead. <sighs> did they, what did they do? They just got into our little food bags, our snack bags. Uh while we were sleeping in the tent that night and they got into the car and, and got into like our drink mixes and, and all that kind of stuff and okay. chewed holes. So we had to basically go to town and resupply because of that. Wait, how did they get, did you leave your windows down? How'd they get in the car? No, nope, no idea. Did it come through the vents? Did it hide in there all night or what? But it happened two nights in a row. How, wait, what kind of critters were you talking Like chipmunks or what are you talking about here? It, it, it was probably a mouse. It was okay. so small, but it got into the bag and it happened twice. So even in your cars, you got to keep your food protected. Put them in a, in a bin. Okay. Or if you want to bring a bear canister, put it, your food in the car in the bear canister. Right. You got me thinking, like a mouse can climb into your car with it sealed up through the vents. That's that's like the most disgusting that you're like grossing me out right now. That's, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Beware. They're out there. Okay. So you could be driving down the road and a mouse is like stowed away in your car vents and then, hey, hey, little visitor, it's kind of, kind of peeking through yeah. there. Yeah, they really like liquid IV, evidently. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> I got to hook that up. Okay, I got to see if that's, if that's a thing. Are you sure you didn't leave a window down? Are you sure about that? Positive. We were okay. very vigilant, especially on night two. Very vigilant. In the morning, open up the hatch. Sure enough. All right, if you're on YouTube, do you believe Rob that he didn't leave a window down, that the, the mouse is climbing through the vents in the car? Do you believe him? Uh, yes or no? I'm just going to put it out there as a question. So, <laughs> all right. What's next on your list? All right. A lot of things that a lot of people uh, carry when they're backpacking. A lot of people have this thing where if they're backpacking, they always want fire, right? They always want to build, build a fire, which means they need right. to bring things to create a fire. So these are a three for one kind of deal, right? Okay. Things that are ridiculous if you're going on a backpacking trip, you don't need a saw. Okay. <laughs> what? You don't need anything like saw. this. Okay. Okay. You don't need a hatchet. Okay. Right? Unnecessary. And right. this is, I, I actually see this quite a bit. You don't need a dedicated knife. You don't need anything like this on a backpacking <laughs> trip. Okay. Wait, were you on the show alone? Those are all like props from the show. It looks like it might be just, I know no one breaks into my house. Okay. But you got those like bedside or where, where are <laughs> yeah. those things? No, these, 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 these get locked up in the safe. You know, I brought them out just for you. But I see people carrying these big knives completely unnecessary. Um, most of the time on backpacking trips, especially in the summer, you're not having a fire. No, it, it's too, it's right. too warm. 
Uh, in the fall, I'll give you I'll give you that. But even then, all you really need is a small knife. But for normal backpacking, you don't really need a knife at all. You know, maybe a small mm -hmm. one to cut open some packages or maybe to cut some tape or something. Other than right, that, you don't need these items. Okay. A couple things you said. So first of all, we are. What's wrong with having fires in the summertime? What happened to you? Uh, well, I live in Minnesota, and if you're outside, okay, so in your area. Oh yeah, you're just gonna eat up by mosquitoes. It was cute that you mentioned you had a mosquito infestation, but you haven't been to northern Minnesota yet. Yeah, I, I got some video footage, and if, if you can beat that, okay. then awesome. More power to you. I don't want to go to northern all Minnesota. Right. The other thing, so you mentioned, so you keep a knife in a safe. <laughs> <laughs> you said you locked that stuff up in a safe? I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I have certain things in the home that I don't want just laying about willy-nilly. You know what I mean? So, okay. yeah, I mean, I have some camp right. knives. I have some, you know, I would take that if I was going on a bushcrafting trip, right? Okay. Uh, but definitely not. Somebody a breaks into the house, you're like, hang on, I got to get to my safe. And then you're going to whip around with weapons. I'm part ninja. So, I mean, okay, yeah, apparently so. yeah, don't even try. Do you own ninja stars? I can't confirm nor deny. That question. Okay. Well, I wouldn't break into your house then. Um, all right. So I actually I didn't have the knife specifically on my list. I had what I have. I had overkill tools. I'm seeing. I'm still seeing a lot of multi tools out there. I did see a knife from a backpacker recently, like strapped to his calf that was as big as the one you were showing, which looked like I don't know what that was, like a six eight inch knife. And so, and then I asked. I said, "What's like? What do you use that for?" And the answer was like nothing. <laughs> Just want it strapped to my calf. Yeah, out here there it's kind of socially acceptable, kinda. Our next up is um, sometimes you, like you find something that you want to bring and it's useful, such as like a chapstick. And you're like, if I can use a chapstick for all these different things, great. What if I bring two chapsticks? Double Ooh. chapsticks. Overkill. Doesn't weigh a whole lot. It's just an extra <laughs> thing to bring. Who would do that, Rob? Who brings double chapsticks? Emergency chapsticks is a real deal. Go on a backpacking trip <laughs> and forget and forget chapstick. and forget your chapstick. You'd be so glad you carry that extra <laughs> Blistex in your first aid kit. Emergency chapsticks. Yep, I, st I stand by it. Emergency by chapsticks it. is a phrase I'll never forget. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why? Okay, if 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 you love chapsticks so much, how are you forgetting it in the first place? Well, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. You know, you're packing. You know, you got to worry about everyone else. You got to film this. You got to make sure you get a thumbnail for that. You know, did you, know, did, did you, <laughs> you bring enough knives? On. Did you bring enough hatchets? And then I <laughs> got my chapstick. Okay. And you yeah. don't realize that until you're at camp and you're ready to put it on. Yeah, I've Darn never it. had that issue. I like Again, we live in different areas. I, I've had the chapstick and forgotten to put it on, paid for it later, but it's just not on the forefront of my mind, much less two chapsticks. I know you said you like to put them on like cuts and sores and you get all, I guess, torn up in the on the trail. And uh, I, yeah, not as much of an issue, so... I'm not bringing yeah. double chapsticks. Oh, uh, that's okay. I got you. Okay. You got me. Thank you. I got you. That, that's my next t-shirt, emergency chapstick. I'm going to make emergency it. Don't forget the emergency chapstick. <laughs> he's, he's literally writing notes down, folks. Am, he's, like, he's like, mental note. Just got an idea for a video. Emergency chapstick. Okay. I like it. All right. What's okay. your next one? All right. I see a lot of people carry carry these, and, and I, I, I get it. But again, ridiculous in my opinion, because I don't think they're as useful uh, as they think they are, uh, like water bladders, like camelback style mm. water bladders that stash into your pack. Right. Um, they're, they're hard to clean. They're hard to access. And it also takes up interior pack volume when it's in your pack. So you can carry right. less stuff, right? Yeah. Right. You have a little hose. It seems kind of convenient, but, but it's not just carry a water bottle mm. way easier, way easier to manage, fill empty the whole nine. And it doesn't take up yeah. room inside your pack. So water bladders don't like them. Ridiculous. 
Yeah, and it's what is it like? A, I want to say the the bottles are like half an ounce empty versus the water bladders. The ultralight ones are five ounces, so you're you're yeah. saving a lot of weight too. But even those, they're they're prone to mold. They're prone. I right. mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, if, what if you break the bite valve? Then it just leaks on you. And then it's useless anyways. Yeah. What if it leaks right. inside your pack? Then everything inside your pack is wet. So right. yeah. Leave your water bladders at home and get some smart water bottles. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the the choir on this one for sure. There's a company, I think it's called like Hydropack. They make most, if not all, of the water bladders for like all the big companies, like you know Osprey, Nathan, Ultra all that stuff. And um, they upgraded their their bite valve system like a year or two ago to something that leaked after like extreme usage to leakage after just a few trips it was crazy like it was just like just having it unlocked you'd be dribbling water all over your chest and so yeah see yeah not good i'm with you on that one i and and i think there's a lot of other issues too trying to like keep the bite valve clean not have it go in the dirt and then yeah i just think that there's just a lot going on there so 100 with you yeah even even if yeah if you had extra water and you want to share it i'm gonna have you dump it out of your bite valve into my no, I'm good. I know. I've I've done that before. It's like, yeah, it's weird. It's like kind of socially awkward to be honest. Yeah, right. It's like it's like yeah. bar lending out your underwear. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I actually did that recent, not too far. Cause I'll I'll bring the uh, I'll bring those on on trail runs. I don't mind them as much on tra- actually like, perform on trail runs. Borrowed underwear. Yeah, yeah. The underwear. No, the water bladder. The, the bladder. oh. <laughs> I'll bring that, and I I ran into a, a couple folks who were pretty far from the trail. I want to say a couple miles out, and. It was like a mom and her kid and they were out of water and it was a hot day and they wanted the water out of my water bladder. I was like, you can have whatever you want, but this is kind of gross. And they're like, we need water. And so I literally, it looks like you're just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know how to describe it. But um, anyway, all right. This next one I've got like this, this, this shocks me. And you might be somebody who, who brings this along. I don't know, but this is definitely a thing in backpacking and I don't get it this has nothing to do with weight this is all about just enjoyment on the trail and that is spam do you bring oh, spam wow do you- i do not bring spam okay. uh what do they call them uh, meat lollipops i don't, um, I don't I've call eaten, them I've, that. I've, I've eaten spam at home but it's cooked eating raw okay. spam seems disgusting to me okay. like i understand it's a good fat source there's protein and things mm-hmm. like that but yeah unless i'm cooking it but even then, I could bring other things besides spam on trail. But I, I agree with you. I'll give you that. Well, okay. And and this is like, if you if you kind of like randomly click, click through like backpacking videos, food to bring in the trail or trip videos, what are they eating? Like you're gonna see spam pop up a lot. And so here's the thing: is is that like I get it. Like back in the 1980s, when people didn't look at the ingredients list and they're like, ah, this just tastes good, then you kind of eat what you get, right? But we're, I mean, we're, we're so far from that now. Like, just look at the ingredients list. If you can't pronounce it, chemicals, like, come on. We got to do better than that. Like, yeah, I, I, so I agree. Now, so so they make spam here in Austin, Minnesota. There's actually a whole museum, like, not not far from here. And I've never been there, but, okay. I, but I should go. <laughs> you but, shouldn't. You know, That's disgusting. But, <laughs> yeah, but well, it, it's interesting. But but I know, like, back in, like, 1944, you know, they made their first batch of spam. Okay. You know? I think in 2024, next year, they're going to make their second batch. So, you know. <laughs> What's in the spam is the question. Like, is it like they got the mystery meat? Like, are they putting like uh, like raccoon and squirrels in that stuff? Like, like who knows, man? It could be anything. Well, I mean, if you're on trail, everything tastes better. So, you know, tomato, potato, that, whatever. That, that part's true. We just have so many options now. There's so many better options. So, Would you rather eat spam or Vienna sausage? <sighs> 
I couldn't, I don't know if I could stomach either one of them. I don't know as much about Vienna sausages. So just because it's their unknown, I'd go with them. How about you? Okay. <laughs> <sighs> well, they're like on equal footing, but if I had to, okay, let's say I was cooking ramen. I'd put Vienna sausages in ramen, but I don't think I would put spam in ramen. Yeah. Is that weird? People put the spam in the ramen. They do. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe spam. Slight edge. What do I got? I think I got four in now. So what's your, is it four? Do I have three or four? One, two, three. Uh, I, you have three because I went okay. first, right? So this would be my gotcha. fourth. All right, go for it. Uh, this one, and you know, I, I know their effectiveness. I get it. They've actually done a really, really good job at marketing. Um, they do a fairly decent job, but I think carrying a jet boil on trail is ridiculous. <laughs> um, you're trying, now you're I, trying to poke I, me. I, this is, this is intentional right here. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. you're a jet boil yeah. guy. Now I understand. I understand that they they're efficient. They're not light. No. They're not they're not compact. No. If you're just boiling water, you don't need something like that. I remember when I first uh <laughs> my friend had a jet boil and they cooked mashed potatoes in there and they had a heck of a time trying to clean the thing. You know, it's like oh, yeah, 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 forget it. I I just do yeah. a, a BRS, you know, 3000T Tokes titanium cup, and that's pretty much the cook set right there. It weighs half of a jet boil. It compacts down smaller, yeah. and it's a lot more versatile. Jet boils are just big right. and bulky and heavy and unnecessary for what I do on trail. For what you do is the key to what you just said right there. And so we're talking about boil times and fuel efficiency are two things that I'm concerned with. And so I'll typically bring, I don't want to bring a jet boil if I'm just going with myself or with, you know, three or four people. This is for like six plus people, one stove, one fuel canister gets me through a four to five day trip. And so that's why I'm bringing it. And so it's boiling so fast that nobody's really waiting, if at all, because people might be setting up their tent while I'm boiling water. And typically I have all their food made in a very short amount of time. And because it's so efficient, I only have to bring one canister. So portioned out weight versus everybody bringing their own stoves and can and like fuel cans, it ends up being a better deal in that scenario. I get smaller groups. You're totally right. Not worth it. Not worth it. I, I see your point. I I, I don't backpack in those kinds of groups I where understand. they we, where we where we do group meals. Like in the winter time, we do. Sure, that's a completely right. different story. But when I'm on trail with three, four, five people, everyone has their own stove. Right. Uh, we wake up at different times. People want to cook different things. Someone wants a coffee in the middle of the day. Not breaking out, breaking out a jet boil, you know, uh, every time you. for that. It, if they have their own things, great. But I've never had an opportunity to hike in a group where someone's doing like all the water. It's, and it's not boiling. group meals. It's just like I'm boiling. Now it's your turn to boil. It's just kind of taking turns. We're just sharing. You know, it's interesting. Like, yeah, it's it's like it's the concept of group gear, right? Where you're just portioning out the group gear, and so you collectively you're carrying less as a result. I got you. So yeah, that's a lot more community based. Where you know, with me and my group, you're on your own, figure it out, don't die. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, a different episode. <laughs> 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 but no, I totally get it. I, I'm with you. And in fact, I ended up. Oh man, I had a smaller stove that I ended up recently selling leaving me with the jet boil. And then I was like waiting for the next sale to buy my kind of, you know, like kind of a BRS. I, I ended up buying like the pocket sure. rocket too, but I got caught where I was going on a trip 
in between. And so I had to bring the jet boil and I was like, ooh, I'm going to ask if anybody just doesn't want to bring their stove and I'll just boil water for them. So they can actually literally just all carry it for them. They can take things out of their pack. Nobody said yes. I, so I literally just carried a jet boil for myself and it was, I felt dumb. So I'm with you. Yeah, but you, I mean, you were much more efficient than them and you got to walk around <laughs> saying I'm the jet boil guy. Right, right. That being said, okay, all of what you said aside – Jetboil has got to the point now where they're so stinking expensive that I don't know that I would be buying one anyway. There's a, there's some, you know, their patent I think is up or about to be up. And so they have some comparable people out there that are making the stove similar at about half the cost. So I don't know that I'm a Jetboil guy. I just happened to have bought one a long time ago. Just to clarify. Right. I mean, they, they are good. And like I said, they are efficient. Um, you know, and I think what like Fire Maple has a version of it, but you're right. You're going to start seeing right. a lot more versions of it. So the prices will come down right. uh, depending on, on the scenario and your backpacking you know, trip. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would make sense for doing what you do, but I don't, you know, I'm not as nice as you. So yeah, boil your own water. I I think you're nice still, but (laughs) Jeppo is coming out with something in about a year. I want to say a little less than a year. They weren't willing to share what it was. Maybe it'll be the next revolutionary stove, which will even, Hmm. you know, be lighter weight or improve boil times. Who knows? We'll find out. Interesting. All right. My number four, I'm going to go, let's see here. I did have the Jetboil fuel stabilizer on my list because people that are bringing that with their Jetboils, I feel like that's just kind of nonsense. I won't go down that road. I'm going to go with, um, this is something I still see. This is uh, people that want to start campfires. Here in Colorado, we like the campfires when there's no, no fire ban uh, in, the, in the summertime. And they're bringing grocery store matches, like Kroger <laughs> brand matches. All right. That's that's really specific, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, because they're just like the cheap matches, and you think, well, ma- a match is a match is a match. So I'll just, you know, grab a, you know, a, th- a box of matches. I'm good to go. But they're terrible. The, the the Kroger brand ones, like, you got your own Kroger stores. They're called something different every state. Like in California, they're called Ralph's. We got City Market. We got, you know, I don't know. Sure, sure. Whatever it is. But if you, first of all, A, bring a lighter, okay? That's going to be way more efficient. B, if you need matches because you want to have a backup to your lighter, bring like those stormproof matches. Those are awesome at starting campfires. They're like mini flares for starting campfires. And so I just think grocery store matches, I don't know why I'm still seeing those. I would never, I would, I would rather have nothing than have those because they're oh, the same thing. That's, that's really funny. And, and yeah, okay. I, I, I see your point. Um, I do carry matches in my fire kit and they are a backup and I've never had a problem with matches. And, um, a lot of times, I can't <laughs> I, I, are I they grocery store ones? <laughs> yeah, well, no, they're like diamond brand or whatever. Okay. And, you know, they're not anything, you know, special, but right. I camp in the winter where it's cold, cold, cold and Vic lighters don't work. It's way okay. too cold for those. So it matches. Right. Yeah, you, you need those to start fires. Stormproof matches, you know? man. But the stormproof ones makes way, way more sense. They're a lot more robust. They hold a lot of fire They They burn really, really hot. They're much more expensive. They are. They than are. regular matches because you could buy you know a pack of what 12 boxes of matches for a couple bucks right um but i get it but if they're cheap 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 then you're just breaking them you know as you go and for sure it's a whole thing so but i buy it so i mean we, we have campfires fairly regularly and i buy a box of stormproof matches i, I think the last time i bought them they're like four dollars fifty cents expensive for matches i get it but they'll last me three years that makes sense because because one's usually sufficient so I'm right. going to buy some matches, and I think Yuko makes them, right? Some really good ones. Okay. So I'll buy them and try them just for you. You're taking more notes. You're writing things down again. This yeah. Is, this makes me feel like like this is like a study session or something. Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning, you know? I mean, I, I know everything, you know, but I just want to confirm everything I know. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like follow up at this point just to kind of stick it to Carl. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, I'm going to fact check all of this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, you got your number five final <sighs> item and your uh, is part of the 10 ridiculous things you're still bringing on trips. What you got? Uh, I, I have a couple choices here and, and I, I see both, but I'm going to, I actually carry one of these and so I'm not okay. going to say that one. Um, but I, I still see this. Oh yeah, I'm guilty. Guilty. It's- no need. No no need for deodorant. You're yeah. out in the woods. You know, let your let your stinky flag mm. fly, brother. You know, I mean, y- y- everyone complains. All oh, bugs right. always love me. No, they love they love this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Embrace the stink. You become smell deaf eventually, okay. anyways. And the only time you got to worry about it is when you like walk into a Kroger's after your trip, and everyone looks like at, at right. you like you're homeless. That's okay. Yeah. Let them think that. But there's no need to bring okay. this on trail. Ooh, I I so want to agree with you on this one because I hate I hate bringing it. <laughs> so a my wife requires it when I'm going with her, like she requires it. It's not it's not a conversation. She's like, you got to bring the deodorant. Um, and then I feel obligated to bring it when I'm leading a group of folks where I'm not super tight with all of them. I feel like I got to put my best foot forward, and I don't want to be the stinkiest guy in the group. So if it's if I'm with my buddies, I'm typically not bringing. It. If I'm with people that I, that are, I don't know as well, like we had a Patreon trip. Uh, a couple weeks ago, for example, I had the deodorant with me. So guilty as charged, but man, I, I, I'm on your side. You're afraid of people judging you? They're, they're already I there know. with you. They're already your fans. No, no, no need to, 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 you know, to spice it up for yourself. Uh, you're probably right. It's, yeah. it's like a, it's like a uh, what do you call it? Self confidence issue, probably. <laughs> okay, fair enough. If if you are looking to bring it on trail, um, my girlfriend showed me this hack. She actually brings deodorant on trail. I make fun of her, okay. but she actually takes an empty chapstick and pl- <laughs> plunges it into here twist it and now she's got a chapstick deodorant okay and she she had it in colorado with her and okay. i was like that's smart ridiculous yeah but i get it all right i, I can't argue that on that one even though i'm guilty <laughs> you got me on that one all right this one okay my last one i got a few to pick from but i i think i'm now uh, off of team mountain house uh 100 percent. i never want to really? have 100 i i I know that some of their meals are not are not bad, but they do make some like outright bad meals. And there's some pri- price gouging meals, specifically with the chicken and rice and the macaroni and cheese, where they're charging you full price for things that cost whatever twenty five thirty cents to make. And so their lack of innovation and all of the other options out there with you know, the Peak and the Pinnacle and the Packet Gourmet and all the P names, like there's so much good stuff out there. And I just love getting to camp after putting in some miles and having a nice meal. I don't want to make that nice meal mountain house. I think it's time to dish the mountain house. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, so there's been a lot of competition in the market and you mentioned all the P names. Now, when Mountain House first came right. out, I mean, they were revolutionary. It was actually food that tasted decent, oh, yeah. had a lot of calories. They're very, very salty, but that's that's okay when you're on a, a backpacking trip. But I think they've rested on their laurels a little bit. And then, you know, oh, then yeah. come along your packet gourmets and your peak refuels and pinnacles. And they were making some really good food. And now Mountain House is kind of falling to the wayside. Uh, the only thing that I'll still eat from them are their uh, blueberries and granola in the morning because it's really easy and it's actually pretty decent. But their actual meals, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're definitely falling short. So Mountain House, I know you're still out there. And if you <laughs> listen to the show, step it up. You know, hire Wolfgang Puck or right. or Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey. I don't know, something. Yeah. You know, that. step it up. We had step oh man, what was it? We had a company on 
earlier this summer that did that. They hired a two-star Michelin chef, uh, Wild Society. Have you heard of them? Wild Society? No. Let me write that down. No, they're newer. They're newer. Yeah, so they make they have meals with two-star Michelin chefs, and we tried it, and to be honest, like, it was fine. It was definitely better than Mountain House, but it wasn't as good as the other ones. So maybe there are other – we only tried one flavor, so maybe some of the other, other flavors are better, but just FYI. Okay, well, um, I know there's there's brands popping up, and, and I'm eager to try them. So, um, yeah, I'm always looking for the next best thing on, on, on trail. And yeah, especially with the food, you want to have the variety. So yeah. that was a great list, man. We had some that we agreed on, some we di- disagreed on. Feel free to give your own feedback. I had a few more on my list that we just didn't get to, but I think for the most part, we hit the big ones. So um, I think it's time for trivia. We've got, I got, I call this old timey backpacking gear trivia coming up. Old timey. Right after this. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you looking to be less sore, a stronger climber, or simply faster on the trail? Then check out the Training for Trekking podcast. These bite-sized episodes are full of excellent information that can improve your trail performance. He's specially trained in sports science and strength and conditioning to get your body in the right shape and prepared for adventure. Check out the Training for Trekking podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, so old-timey backpacking trivia. The idea is that people 
you know, based on the topic of our episode, is that people have been bringing things that they shouldn't be bringing anymore, the things that are maybe outdated or okay. downright useless. So that's kind of where the theme comes from. So you got to get two out of three to pass the trivia. If you don't get two out of three, your punishment is you've got to call out a fellow YouTuber for a, retic- a ridiculous piece of gear. Oh, man. I would almost lose on purpose just to call out everybody. Okay. Well, you can do that if you want to. That can be... <laughs> I would happily right. keep that footage and add it to for an upcoming episode. However, if you uh, pass, you get two or three, what's my punishment? What do you got? Well, this is, uh, is going to be a big ask and a okay. challenge because everyone thinks we are insane. All right? Okay. If I win this challenge, I'm going to throw out an open invite, Mr. Mandrioli. Okay. To come on a sub-zero event with me and my crew. Oh, oh man. Oh, my gosh. I can't even get anywhere to go winter backpack with me here in Colorado when it's not sub-zero. I want to bring, bring you out in the middle of nowhere and have you have the time of your life and not okay. be cold. Do you, I don't have the gear for that. Do you have extra gear? Do, I have gas, gear acquisition syndrome. I can, I can okay. outfit anybody. Don't you worry about that. All right. I'm happy to bring like 100 pounds worth of stuff just to stay warm. Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll see what happens. I appreciate the offer. That's super yeah, nice of you. Sure. appreciate that. So, all right. Here we go. Number one. In the early days, backpackers used aluminum water bottles that would freeze near the mouth of the bottle. By the 1970s, they had replaced those with what brand of bottle? In the 70s, you said? Correct. I may have to, I may have to go with Nalgene. Nalgene is Correct. Not sure what any other competing companies would be out there that that have made bottles that people are still bringing on backpacking trips. Like it's still happening. You know what? That that could have been what an item because I see them everywhere and they're great. They're heavy, heavy and bulky. I had a dead horse category where I've just been beating the dead horse with things like uh, Nalgene was on that list. Just you know, so we we talked about that a lot. Fair. Uh, what is it? Six point seven ounces for an empty bottle. So there you go. All right, number two. In 1972, 1972 was the year a sleeping pad, like a sorry, an inflatable sleeping pad was created to replace the foam pads. Which brand was born? Is the company that old? Thermarest. Thermarest. You have passed trivia, my friend. Wow, that's older two than me. Two. That's old. That's when they started. I don't know that they were like you know popularized for another eight years or so, but um, man, thermos. all right. Bonus question: In the early 1980s, this company revolutionized the lighting market by adding a relatively lightweight headlamp called the Zoom. The Zoom, a lighting. That's the model name, but I'm looking for the company name. The Zoom. Uh, yeah, and that model lasted until it might still even be around right now. I don't know if they start off as lighting company because I think Black Diamond has something called a Zoom. Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to say Maglite. Maglite's a really good guess. It was Petzl. Oh, Petzl. Petzl Zoom. Petzl. Yeah. Of course. Are you, don't take more notes. You're, you have your pencils are writing this down. Petzl. You don't have to look that up. It's not the best headlamp on the market anymore. You don't want to have that one anyway. No, so. I do have a Petzl uh, somewhere. It doesn't matter. You got two out of three. So, yeah, I'll have to carve out some time. To head up to the uh, the frozen north when the skeeters are dormant and the temperatures have dropped. So winter time, no mosquitoes, no bears, no people, right. and right. no natural warmth. 
<laughs> who's part of your crew? Do, do we do, do we know who, who's on your crew for a trip like this? Like, is this yes? Are these any other YouTubers? Uh, or, yes, or yeah. Uh, a few a few YouTubers are on there, and, and a couple of civilians as well. And and every year we've taken a newbie with us, people who aren't okay. from here. So we have Jeremy Lacroix, okay. also Midwest backpacker. He's one of our main crew. Yep. Miyagi on the trail is one of our main crew, and then okay. his buddy Milos is one of them. Uh, and then we've also taken buddies like, uh, uh, Shug, Shuggity Shug Shug. Okay. He's, he came with us last year. Uh, we've taken other guys uh, like Mule. We had a guy from Indiana, Andy Parrish outdoors. He came with us last year. Yep. I know. So, Andy. Yeah. And we've taken people from like Indiana, Kentucky, all these places to come up to the frozen tundra and just, right. and just have a blast in, in, in the Northern woods, something completely out of the ordinary for most people. But to, you know, people like my group, you know, it's just another trip. I have supreme respect for what you guys do. And I seriously have tried, I think I'm like four years in a row where I've, I've tried to put together a winter trip, even just like an overnighter just here in the local mountains. Um, all right. So last thing, last thing I got is we got our tidbit section and this is, is just for you, Rob. Can you tell us what you've got going on your channel any upcoming videos, anything you want people to know about your awesome YouTube channel? Well, my YouTube channel is about the outside life and finding the adventures in it in all four seasons. You know, whether it's deep winter up in here, here in Minnesota, whether I'm in Arizona, more recently I was in Colorado, New Mexico, hiking all over the place. And those videos are coming out here very, very soon. I've started okay. doing some car camping, car life kind of stuff. So some of that content okay. is going to be coming out as well. So if you're into really good information and a moderately charming personality, then my <laughs> channel is, is for you. And I'm trying to grow it. I would like to do it a lot more regularly. I would love to get to a point where I can do this full time, but you know that that comes with time and and just keep plugging away. So check me right. out. Feel free to drop me a note or a comment on my video. Uh, I'd love to have you stop by. Yeah, and we'll have the link in the show description. Now you you mentioned like a few kind of styles of videos you're going to be coming out with. Are, are any of the upcoming videos entitled something like how to keep rodents out of your car? Maybe, you know okay. that emergency chapstick. <laughs> You know, <laughs> emergency. Chapstick. Yep. Borrow my underwear. All this stuff is coming. <laughs> okay. Hey, Rob, you're always the best, man. Uh, we hope to continue to have you on our show moving forward. Hopefully with Derek the next time. And just thanks for co-hosting this episode, man. This is an honor and a pleasure for me. And um, yeah, just thanks for joining the show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And thanks for being nicer to me this time. Night. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't, you can't end with a thought like that. What did we do that was mean the last time? Making fun of your bags? Yeah, so I did get some comments like, man, those guys were rough on you. And I'm like, eh, what? they're tame. Oh and I loved gosh. it. I loved it. We got the of opposite comments. We got comments that were like, man, Rob was the best. He was one of your best guests ever. So <laughs> All right, we got like opposing it. things. Sorry if we were rough on you. We weren't making fun of your bags. We were just making fun of your love for bags. Or at least I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still look for more bags. Just give me all the okay. bags. You're you're part of the majority. I'm part of the minority because there's a lot of bag love going on out there. So what do I know? That's all we got for this week, folks. Thanks for, for checking in. Have a great week and God bless everybody. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 